Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. Gospel reading from the eighth chapter of John. And Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word and you are, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin, The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. A word from Luther on the freedom of a Christian. A Christian is perfectly free, Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, Subject to all. And there's the enlightenment. This is what, as Luther puts it, really makes this all come together. For me, this is one of my favorite writings of his. Even though it seems like a real, really odd paradox, this is the heart of what it means to be a Christian. That we don't have to do anything. That God loves us. It's this echoes of the John reading that we heard. That Jesus has given us this gift. But it's because of that gift that we are saved by the love of Christ. That because God loves us, we are the servant to all, to all of our neighbors. And so that's the true core of Luther's writing that echoes in my heart as I think about what is in front of us today. Grace and peace to you, my friends in Christ, as we gather together on this Reformation Sunday. I also need to point out that Martin Luther was no saint now, as the Latin phrase goes, simul justus et peccator, all right, it just rolls right off the tongue. It basically means that we are simultaneously simul justus et peccator. We are justified, justice and uh, peccator, sin. We are saint and sinner. We are justified by something. Because of this one thing, I don't know, whatever it could be, whatever it is, might possibly any hints i don't know what it is something justifies us anybody have a guess anybody anybody well grace oh hey by grace alone we've been justified by faith yes wow what a powerful reminder for us and luther is able to articulate that in so many ways throughout his writings he is able to help us understand his understanding of god through his theology it's why we're here today It's why we're in a Lutheran church, right? Because of Luther's contributions to helping us understand God's grace. My life is better because I can get that concept of what it means to be free, that the freedom that has been won for me through Christ is now a gift that I get to give back each and every day and 
in all that I do. So it's, it's a time for us to thank Luther for that because he was a genius. He was able to articulate things that were concepts that, that didn't necessarily resonate with people, especially back in the 16th century. People didn't quite grasp this concept and everything was very hierarchical and top-down. And so if the Pope said something, you just kind of had to take whatever the Pope said. There was not a sense of understanding among uh, the common people that, that this was a, uh, was a faith that was for us. And so we can thank Luther for that. We can thank the printing press because all of his writings were able to get spread out so people would be able to, to take this and digest it and learn from him. And so we owe him a debt of gratitude, but he wasn't perfect at all. In fact, if Luther were alive today, I think Martin Luther would love Twitter. I also think that if Martin Luther were alive today, he would be in Twitter jail a lot because he said a lot of things that would get him in trouble. In fact, he was known for his graphic insults of people who disagreed with him. He didn't mince words at all. In fact, he had a lot of his writings that couldn't be re, uh, released today. And the context matters, so there was something certainly behind it, but legitimately, there are some of his writings that have had to have been censored because of their anti-Semitism. And a lot of that happened towards the end of his right. Uh, end of his life, and we're not going to dwell on those today, but we do need to have an open, uh, our eyes open to the fact that he is no perfect saint, that we are not going to put Luther on a pedestal, and we know that the things that Luther wrote that are not good, we have to acknowledge, and we distance ourselves from them. However, because of the writings that he did, especially in his younger life, uh, life where we were able to, to get a deep window into his theology and his understanding of God, it's really important that we can lift those up. Luther's not a hero who did no wrong, but his brilliance was certainly something that helps me to articulate my own beliefs. His catechism is something that we share with our own youth. It's one of the best tools out there to be able to get a sense of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a Lutheran. His writing is deep and profound and relevant to this day. And if you, if you doubt that at all, then I, I will point you to his writing in 1527 when Martin Luther wrote a letter to the Reverend Dr. Johann Hess, which was entitled, Whether One May Flee from a Deadly Plague. Huh, I wonder if that's relevant for us today. Yeah, well, believe it or not, a lot of people have uh, looked at Luther's writings and have tried to justify their position or tried to justify their behaviors. During our own plague here of the coronavirus, uh, as we have kind of experienced over the last 18 to 20 months, sometimes Luther's words got lifted up and people like to, you know, like they do with everything, like to kind of pick and choose which part of this writing they want to focus on. So uh, there, there was this meme, this, this is from a church down in Houston, Texas, that uh, used this and they, uh, it's a Missouri Synod church that said, uh, they, they took part of his writing and they said, well, therefore, I shall ask God to mercifully protect us. But then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. But if God should wish to take me, he will surely find me, and I have done what he expected of me. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shouldn't avoid that person or place, but go about freely. Now, if, if that's the only thing you read and that's the only part of Luther's writing that you, you saw, it sounds really like, well, shoot, let's just trust that God's going to keep us all safe. We don't need to do anything because God's just going to keep us safe. Yeah, and you know, there's a little bit of personal agency where it's like, yeah, you know, after someone comes and visits, maybe we should kind of air out the windows and like, let's kind of clear things out. But th- there's really a, a trust that even if you don't, God's going to keep us safe. Don't have to worry about it. God will protect us. Mighty fortress and all, right? That was his hymn. 
But actually, you know, you think about it, you look at this a little bit more. He's also, if you're going to only focus on this, it's kind of like he's pulling out one Bible verse and trying to beat you over the head with it and saying, well, shoot, this is, this is all you need to know. And if you can abide by this, then you don't have to worry about anything else. Kind of a proof texting of Luther uh, during the plague. But there's more to it than just this. It's actually a pretty long letter. Luther was never short on words. In fact, if you want me to share more about Luther, I could be here all day. I could be here until the Viking game starts tonight. Uh, But we're not. Because out of all of his writings, this, this letter, there's some more nuggets of it that I think we need to focus on. For example, the paragraph right before it. Right? He says this. Luther writes, if one makes no use of intelligence and makes no use of medicine, when he could do so without detriment to his neighbor, such a person injures his body and must be aware lest he become a suicide in God's eyes. Wow, Luther. I mean, like really, it's, it, let's be smart about this and being even more shameful for a person to pay no heed to his own body and to fail to protect it against the plague the best he's able than to infect and poison others who might have remained alive if he had taken care of his body as he should have. He's thus responsible before God for his neighbor's death and is a murderer many times over. Wow, I mean, Luther, tell it like it is here, brother. Indeed, such people behave as though a house were burning in the city and nobody were trying to put the fire out. Instead, they give leeway to the flames so that the whole city is consumed, saying, well, you know, if God is so willed, then he could have saved the city without water to quench the fire. For Luther, it's all about what? The neighbor, right? Like we have to take care of our neighbor. And so, yes, there are times where we are going to cross some of those boundaries and we're going to be doing things that might put us at risk. But his point is if we do something and we are just going to ignore all the signs and we're not going to do anything and just say, well, God will take care of it, we're going we're gonna to receive kind of what we've asked for. We're, we're going to have that blind faith that lacks accountability and we're not going to take care of our neighbor. For, for Luther, taking care of your neighbor was the number one and only priority. And there were some times where that was going to be the case where you were going to put yourself at risk for doctors and nurses, for those who were even the clergy. He wrote an entire section of this letter about whether or not it was, it was lawful to have a, a cemetery and to be able to have a, a, a funeral. And so he decides, hey, yes, we should bury the dead, but we need to do it in a safe way. If, if that meme, that way that we had talked about it was the only way to look at this, we miss so much of what Luther has to say about how we take care of our neighbor. In fact, remember this meme? Like, this is what is actually part of his writing, all right? So, like, the parts that are in yellow is what is actually being shared in, like, a Twitter nugget, right? Like, oh, if this is the only thing you take out of it, it's this. But there's a whole lot he says right before, in the middle, and after, and then an entire letter before and after it. And so parts of the things immediately around what is on the meme that I think are important is, wow, you know, it's, we, we should shun purses and places wherever our neighbor doesn't need us. Like, if you don't have to be there, go ahead and take those precautions and don't be there. We should avoid places and people where our presence isn't needed also so that we don't get contaminated. Like, don't just be there if there's a potential outbreak, right? We don't want to cause death to others because of our own negligence. And then finally, if we just kind of have that cavalier attitude that we're actually tempting God through our actions and our behaviors. It's a much, much different message than what gets sometimes shared in just little little nuggets. Like sometimes like you'll see people just share like one little bite and there's not enough of that context behind it. The presence 
of mind of Luther to be able to acknowledge, yes, we need to take care of our neighbor and not to do things that are going to put ourselves at risk is what he's trying to convey in this letter. Our agency matters. Our decisions matter. Our doctors, our nurses, our spiritual care advisors, they are all needed to take care of our neighbor. And they're all actually putting themselves at risk. Those essential workers are putting themselves at risk because they're tasked with caring for those who have been infected by the plague. Someone has to do it. So this is how he closes his letter. Luther with his mask, right? So this is how Luther closes his letter. In closing, we admonish and plead with you in Christ's name to help us with your prayers to God so that we can do battle with word and precept against the real and spiritual pestilence of Satan in his wickedness with which he now poisons and defiles the world. The world. For Luther, Satan was a real thing. And I, I think sometimes we don't necessarily, like I don't go around talking to him about like, hey, Satan, be gone, right? Like, but we, we don't think of Satan or the devil in, in the ways like, that Luther is naming so bluntly and boldly. But thinking about it in our reality, evil and, and darkness and, and, and the devil are very much a part of our reality, aren't they? Think about it in, in ways that we can feel it. We can see it. We can feel this tearing at our relationships. We can feel times where our trust has been betrayed in places that we once felt safe or with people that we once thought we could trust. It's creating more tension than ever before. And it bubbles up to the surface in ways that we might not have expected. The other reality is that people are getting really burned out. We see this with those medical professionals. We see it with our service industry workers. We see it with teachers and educators. And yes, even in our clergy circles where Deacon Nina and I have seen pastors and clergy who have just said, I'm done. We see the wear and tear that is happening in our world right now. And we know that the presence of Satan's work in our world is one that can't be minimized and can't just be like explained away. Like there is much going on And so then the answer to this is, well, then what do we do about it? Or in Luther, in Luther words, what does this mean for us? And it's, it's in those moments that I lean on grace. I heavily lean on grace because without grace, without that grace alone, I, I don't know what else I would do because, you know, in the Bible where it says, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What if we flipped that to think about it? with a grace lens? What if we give grace unto others as we would like to receive grace from them? I I mean, I know that's not easy, is it? Like, yeah, oh, I can love my neighbor, but yikes, I don't know if I could be graceful to them. Like, I don't know if I've got the patience because I get tired and stressed and I, I, I have a hard time sometimes. Yet through this, I'm reminded of how important it is to get recentered. To, to focus on God's grace, to remember God's love for me. Because if I respond in anger or self-righteousness every time I'm offended, how am I portraying Christ to the world? What if we thought about each and every person that we come across as another child of God? Right? Someone who is a recipient of God's grace. Now that person doesn't always choose to respond with grace back to us. But we can. And we do. That is the freedom that we have as a Christian. As Lloyd said right before I, st- before I came up here, the freedom of as a Christian is to know that we get to do that because we know the grace that Christ has given to us is going to exceed anything that we could possibly give back. We have the freedom to give whatever grace we have back to the world. 
Luther was almost executed. Like, to be honest, it's amazing he, he lived through all of this before the pandemic and everything. Because when he posted his 95 Thesis, he should have been killed. There's, there's hit out for him. He was, he was good as dead until someone saved him and put him in exile. And the thing is, you know, the Pope and all of the, the leadership at the time, they, they were like, look, you, you can't just go around doing this. You can't credit, you can't discredit our, uh, you can't discredit us. So we'll, you know, Luther, you've been a good monk. We trust you. We think that you, you, you've got a good path in front of you. We think we can get you back on track. Luther, all you got to do is just recant everything you said. Just take it back. Just be like, Luther, just say that you didn't mean the 95 Theses. Just say that you didn't mean any of the stuff that you spoke against the church. Well, what do you think Luther did? He wouldn't do it. In fact, there's a bit of myth and legend to this, but, but the thought is that Luther, when told to recant, said, here I stand. I can do no other. God, help me. So God, help us as we make our way through all of the toil and all the turmoil and all of the stress and all of the, the fear and all of the anger. And, and, and God, help us to stand together. And as we do it, we can stand firmly on God's grace alone. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.